your sports hangout, the Radio Tab Breakfast Show. Andrew, Roland Perry is one of the great cricket authors mm. here in Australia. He has just released a new book. The title is Great Achievers and Characters in Australian Cricket, and he's been kind enough to join us on the show this morning. Roland, good morning. Good morning, guys. I love your weather report. Down here it's freezing. Yes, we saw uh, Mo and Ali last night with a blanket on. He must have thought he was back uh, playing in, you know, Middlesex in the middle of I winter think, or I something. I think all the problems are quite at home, despite their performance. <laughs> no doubt about that. How did you see? Uh, I mean, uh, you're a sort of a local down there, Roland. It was a game that sort of didn't seem to capture the fans' imagination, did it? No, it failed miserably, and I don't really understand. I guess the, 20, the T20 has taken over. Because it's, um, you know, fast food cricket and fans love it. And uh, one day cricket may be right on the outer, I think. it might. They might give it away in the next year or two. 2020 has captured the kids and that's about it. You know, the families and the kids go along and it's, it takes as long as a football match. So you can understand it to a point. Roland, we, uh, we told our listeners that you were coming on this morning and one of them had just sent through this... Th- this through a little while ago. Morning, fellas. I think Australian cricket needs some exciting characters now. The, the team itself look as though they're, they're boring. Is that true? Have we got any characters like we had in yesteryear? I think we have, but they are uh, kept under stricter control now. Uh, you know, Warney, the days of Warney and, and uh, the lovely Simons who died, you know, not too long ago, they've gone, sadly, and they both got out of the game early because they couldn't stand the uh, the rigours of the way it was set up. You know, Warney wanted to drink and smoke and Simon's wanted to go fishing and have a drink and it just, they're going. Unfortunately, money has pressured them out and um, pressured everyone into doing the right thing all the time. We've still got some characters in there like Stoinis and company and uh, Warner can be a little bit off the track occasionally himself. So they're there but they're going to die out of the game, and that won't help the game, actually, because we need the Warnies and the Simons to be there to excite the, the people that come along. They've got to have talent, and those two did as examples, but they're not there now, and uh, they won't be in the future, I don't think. No, it's a really interesting point you make, and I wonder why that is. I mean, uh, I talk about sort of the cricketers now being more like employees. I mean, they are on contracts. Uh, people say they're not employees, they're, they're players, but they really I are employees, to. and they're sort of towing the line as employees, aren't they? Yeah, well, they are to a point. They're also getting a bit bolshy in uh, talking back, aren't they? <laughs> yes. You know, Justin Langer, um, not very popular in the West, uh, the attitude of the current players, because they reckon they didn't support him. So the older players uh, are against the, uh, the, the current team. And uh, Pat Cummins um, is being blamed for it. I don't think it's wholly his decision. But they did squeeze out, I thought, the right kind of character running uh, the cricket team. So that Langer was tough. We know we're all new age today and we've got to sort of shape up and watch our language and be very woke and all this rubbish. But, you know, Langer is someone who said you've got to perform, you've got to be disciplined, you've got to be strong. Now, I don't think there's anyone around doing that anymore. So the, the players, yes, they're on contract, but they, they've, got to, they've got to toe the line. Otherwise, they'll be out. Players will not, will not be selected if they don't perform. But we haven't got anyone telling them that at the moment. So it is a bit different. Roland, just looking at uh, some of the people in your book, I must admit as a youngster, my favourite 
commentator on the radio was Lindsay Hassett. Um, he is the offsider, I think, to Norman May. A lot of times, Alan McGilvray, these yeah. sort of people. I'm delighted to see you've uh, got a chapter or some information on him in the book. Just for some of those who perhaps aren't uh, so familiar with Lindsay Hassett, just uh, fill them in on the sort of character he was. Yeah, well, he was he was probably the the funniest character in that book. Um, he he. he just had the wit all the time. And what you you heard and probably didn't realise, and I didn't realise how witty he was in those days. He had a very laconic style. He was vice-captain to Bradman in the mighty 1948 team, which, of course, did not lose a game in 34 encounters in six months in England, up and down you know, Wales, Scotland, England. He, he was a great foil for Bradman. Um, and he was very funny. I mean, there's one great incident that happened at uh, the Park Royal Hotel in London. They were all in suits having... Not all of them, about four of them of the test team, including Lindsay, having dinner one night. And a waiter spilled some peach melba on his jacket. And the waiter said, oh, sorry, sir. I'm a, uh, look, I can have that clean for you before you finish your dinner. And so Hassett took off. He's very ceremonial. Um, and he took the jacket off, handed it to the waiter, and he noticed a spot on his trousers. <laughs> now, this is in a full dining room, remember, of Poms. At a big hotel, and he and he said, "Just a second And he took his trousers off, and folded them and handed them to the waiter. Now that and they were kind of brought back to him. So he sat there having his dinner with great aplomb in a shirt and tie and underpants. I remember now, there's, a... there's no. I mean, a wild man couldn't do that. You couldn't. It'd be be thrown out. But Lindsay got away with it because he had that that poker face all the time. I remember there was one other story. He was either introduced or he was being uh, told about uh, an Arab sheik who had 198 wives. And at that yeah. time, uh, every 200 runs, you got a new ball. It was nothing to do with overs. And he was told the sheik has 198 wives. And he said, two more, and he's due for a new ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There was also Zing. You dropped that, that one, which is particularly... Uh, that's in the book, actually. Uh, there's another one... Um, one wild player, we won't mention his name, it's not fair, but he had allegedly bedded three women in one night and he said, um, I think he said something like, you know, the only man who's got a hat-trick with two balls. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he was funny. I mean, there was another incident, a cleaner one for your audience, <laughs> was, uh, was the fact that he dropped two catches in a test-packed game at Lord's and he he dropped two in the outer. Very embarrassing. A bit like uh, our poor little spinner last night who did very well with the ball but dropped two catches. And he went over to a bobby with a helmet on and he asked for the helmet and went back onto the field with the helmet to catch the next one. <laughs> I mean, of course, it was, you know, even Bradman was laughing at that. Not that Bradman was so sour about those things, but uh, that was Lindsay. He just did it. Oh, it goes on. I mean, he, he was they were driving home from... a a game in the counties, and he said, look, he told the driver, look, just go up to that stately home there, will you, and go up the driveway. So they went up the driveway midnight, you know, after midnight, and rang the bell, and the chap owner of the house threw the window up the stairs and said, who the hell are you? And he said, and he said my God, you're Lindsay Hazard. And he invited them in. There was Miller and Johnson and someone else and Hazard, and they drank port for two hours, and the guy apparently lived, you know, dined out on it for the next 20 years that, that Lindsay had dropped in at his home. I didn't know. It was just a just a random thing. 
Kerry Packer never played cricket for Australia, Roland, but he was probably the the most one of the most influential people or, or figures in Australian cricket, wasn't he? Because he is the man that changed the game. He did, and um, he was very popular with the players, of course, because he was paying them money and giving them a wage for the first time in their careers. It was a, a showdown between Bradman, essentially, and uh, Packer. Well, he was. That's a bit unfair on Don. He wasn't on the board when this was going on, but uh, in the end, it had to be negotiated by Bradman to get Tess back. Uh, Packer, I have the two story of Packer um, early in well, early in the World Series cricket, and he had one player in. And he said, uh, uh, I, "You're one of the uh, cover stories, if you like, for me going into World Series cricket," and he said. Um, if you don't do this, if you join the test team, you'll lose your house, your wife, your car. And he's, they were sitting in his office with the accountant, and he, it was David Hooks, actually. And he said, David, you've got two minutes to talk it over with your accountant. I'm going out of the room now. You, if you want to be the face of uh, World Series cricket, you can be. You can be captain of Australia if you want to be, make up your mind. And Packer came into the room <laughs> two minutes later, and the accountant said to Packer, David wants to play for you, so you know he's going, to, he's going to play World Series cricket. So he could be very tough, very brutal that way, but it, it worked for Australian cricket because he did lift the game out of the doldrums, really. Roland, I mean, obviously you had a great affinity uh, with Don Bradman, having written a number of books about him. Have you got a favourite cricketer outside of Bradman? Yeah, well, it was Neil Harvey, whom I mentioned there too. Uh, look, it's, we all do this. It's the players that you uh, looked up to when you were a kid and Neil was about I'm not a tall guy about 5'9 and he he was about 5'7 and he danced to the spinners better than anyone uh, Neil I've got to know him over the years but I copied his style the first 11 at my school in Melbourne said you don't leave the crease he had a very English attitude you no know, you stretch forward to the ball and I was watching Hass, uh, watching uh, Neil Harvey and I thought no wait a minute let's dance to the ball let's try and hit it and Harvey was the best player of spin I've ever seen. You know, Border was pretty close. I think that you'd hard to, be hard to separate the two. But I've got to know Neil over the the decades, and uh, he's 92 now, I think. Mm. Uh, I did speak at his birthday at a, a dinner in, in at the Australia Club um, a few years ago. So he's a, he's a great character, very modest guy. Um, so he was uh, my hero when I was a kid. Truly is a, uh, a a great book, Roland. You've written, this is book number 38, so you've done a marvellous service for Australian cricket. Uh, just a quick one, Elise Perry's in the book. Yeah, uh, sadly no relation. I'd love, to say <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to say the DNA reached her, but it didn't. But she is in it because she's the greatest female cricketer of all time and a great all-rounder as well. And it's not me saying it, it's the captain of the English Ashes team said it very early in her career that she was the greatest uh, female cricketer of all time. So the accolade came from the Poms, and that's pretty big. But I think anyone would agree with that over the journey. The book is Great uh, great Achievers and Characters in Australian Cricket, book number 38 from Roland Perry. Roland, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Good luck with the book, and we'll catch up again soon. I've enjoyed it very much. Thank you, boys.